Welcome to another episode of Seek and Find with Dr. Mark Rivera, where we delve into matters of faith, life, and meaning. In today's episode, we want to discuss the mystery of suffering, asking the age-old question, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? We want to explore the nature of suffering, the interplay between human free will and God's sovereignty, and the concept of God's redemptive plan. Of course, we're here with your host, Dr. Mark Rivera. Thank you, Dr. Mark, again for tackling another thought-provoking topic today. Thank you so much for uh, uh, producing this and, and helping me to be able to take a message that responds to the needs of people. And this is, a, as you mentioned in your introduction, a, an age-old question that has been posed for centuries, centuries. And oh, yeah. In fact, probably in the history of mankind. It has been posed, and and it, so it has been exhaustively discussed, oh, yeah. and and talked about, and 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 dismantled, and so tonight, we're, or today rather, we're going to attempt uh, another approach and look at it and see what we can get that will help uh, the people that are out there listening to us. And one of the things that excites me about this particular episode as well is that obviously. Suffering is, there are no exemptions to suffering. They oh, wow. cover everyone. Yep. So I can talk with a level of, of personal journey as well, mm -hmm. because, you know, at some point in our journey, we always are going to be touched with suffering. So there's going to be that, that influence or that informs us in the way we respond to this age old question. But I, I really pray and hope that our listeners will be able to get new in, fresh insight mm -hmm. into this uh, complex uh, topic and that, uh, and at the same token, by the same token, that the somehow, some way, in God's mysterious fashion, um, they will get comfort and strength, uh, even if they're going through suffering at this moment. But um, I, I often wonder, you know, with all the topics that we think, all of a sudden, this 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 one rises up, percolates to the top of the list of our discussion. I mean, I'm, I'm curious as to how yeah. that is. Uh, well, I mean, it's like you said, it's an age-old question, but also, you know, I definitely. Did some of my uh, my uh, digital marketing stuff? Did some <laughs> oh, keyword research here. I see. I so see. this topic, uh -huh. uh, believe it or not, questions like this or variations of this question of why does you know bad things happen to good people? Um, according to my research, over thirty two thousand searches per month about oh, this topic. Wow. So there's clearly a, a relevant topic even today in our digital age, and um, the, the numbers prove it. You can't argue it. Over 32,000 uh, searches about this topic every single month. So there's a very strong interest about this, people. It's unfortunate, right, that right. suffering is a natural part of the human experience. So regardless of your faith background, regardless of your ethnicity um, or anything like gender, none of, the, you know, none of those things matter. If you are a human, unfortunately, at some point in your life, you have probably suffered something, whether you deserve it or not. But today we want to focus more on this idea of what about the good ones? What about the ones who have been doing everything right? right. And I'm sure uh, some of us, uh, most of us, I hope, have uh, can relate with that idea that, wait a minute, this shouldn't have happened to me. Why did this happen to me? So I don't think I needed to give that, that data, but I think it just reinforces no, I think the, it's the relevance of, yeah. uh, it just kind of proves the, the, you know, the numbers prove what we already feel, how, you know, how relevant this topic and is. I, and I think it proves my, one of my opening comments, and that is that no one is exempt, right. regardless of level of education, economics, rich people, poor people, people that have, you know, uh, formalized training, people that don't. Um, it's, a, it's a mankind um, a burden that occurs to all of us. And even, exactly. even if you look at all the religions and you do a comparative with, with religions and faith and, and those traditions, you will find that suffering is one of the theological subjects that is touched on so often, not just in Christianity. I mean, we certainly have a model there with our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, 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 he was um, certainly a man of suffering. Uh, but if you look at other religions as well, other faiths, and even people that don't believe in God— even the person that has no faith or says they have no faith um, uh, are going to be, are going to be touched or right now journeying through or so, at some point in the future, something's going to happen yeah. that will bring that, you know, that, 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 that moment where constellation is so, 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 so necessary. I'm intrigued, uh, Matt, by the question um, that we posed at the beginning. Why does God allow? Yeah. And, and I can't help, 
I can't move forward unless I, I touch this Let's thing first. Yeah, okay, yeah, so, yeah. I was just going to ask, where do you want to start with this? Because yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And I see there also, even in the question, because sometimes if we stop for a moment and just examine the question being asked, it gives us some insight into where the question is stemming from. Hmm. So if we analyze that question and we say, why does God allow it really is a disassociation that humanity has that it's not my fault. Mm. It isn't my fault. You know, mm. and we, we try to, and I'm not saying we do that intentionally, but we find, try to find who to blame for what I am going through right now. Because yeah. when suffering comes, we cannot, whether it's sickness, whatever, wh- how, whatever the, the suffering is defined in, in, our, in, in the individual journey, we're always trying to, we always trying to battle through this feeling of, of I'm getting punished right. by someone or I did something wrong or I've been a bad uh, man or a bad woman or, you know, I didn't think right or I didn't do enough. So we're always trying to find blame and it is difficult for humanity to point the finger at itself. Mm. So even the question says, why does God allow? Yep. Yep. And uh, and I know we can go to references in scripture where, in fact, Job is a perfect example where there was a dialogue between Satan, the devil, and God, whether Job should be the guy that should be touched and God allowed that to happen. Certainly we can go there. But I think we need to, we need, we need to be careful or just be aware of the way we pose the question because it, it almost leads to a conclusion that there is someone to blame. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like we're, you know, we're trying to figure out where's the source of this suffering coming from? Like, where is it coming? And you're right. It is kind of in our human nature to disconnect ourselves from the suffering that we're experiencing. It's easier to cope with it if we can point at something external, right? Right. As, as no, it's God who's allowing this to happen. It's his fault. Right. Not my fault. Because there's plenty of scripture plenty mm. of scripture that we can talk about and maybe we will in this session in this episode where really it, rather than trying to get away from suffering we should embrace suffering mm. as a way and that I, and doesn't I, make sense dr mark what are you talking <laughs> embrace suffering yeah i know i know it's it's, <laughs> it's a, backwards it is backwards yeah <laughs> it, it almost causes that's heresy right <laughs> but in reality um and the embracing doesn't mean that you want it to come that you are, mm. uh, you are welcoming it. No, no. I mean, I don't welcome a diagnosis of cancer. I don't welcome a diagnosis of diabetes. Right. I don't welcome, you know, uh, whatever, uh, whatever the, the nature of the suffering is. Of course, yeah. The, but the point of my statement is that when it does arrive, when those things do arrive, that rather than we try to, um, again, point blame, mm-hmm. who's at fault and who can I make suffer for bringing me the suffering, right. for allowing the suffering, <laughs> yeah. right? Um that we embrace where we are because I think that gives us an ability to be able then to forge forward even, you know, um, even even carrying the weight of that. That's, you know, certainly in Christ we have that example when he was in Gethsemane where he tells the Father, you know, in his prayer, he's praying by himself, moment of agony in the garden. And he tells the, the, the Father, you know, if, if there's any way possible, if there's another option, if there's another way, please pass this cup from me. Because it was the, the suffering that he was feeling and the an, anticipatory anticipation. I was going to say it hadn't even really started yet. Right. When they, he was they, saying, they, making they, that request. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They call it anticipatory grief in mm. psychology. Anticipatory that you know what is ahead, mm. and you're already grieving, although you're not there yet. Wow. Yeah. So you know that that can all be attached to the scene there in Gethsemane. But then he goes into a moment where he says, "Not my will be done, but your will." Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I come from, that we need to embrace the moment of pain, not celebrate it that I'm saying, oh, look at this, you know, I'm losing another leg because of, you know, my diabetes <laughs> out of control or whatever, oh goodness, or let yeah. me lose a kidney or whatever, you know, whatever. Right. It's not that kind of lunacy. That's not what I'm pr- promoting. I'm saying that we need to embrace the situation that we're in, and then that'll help us to garner what we need, the strength that we need uh, to be able uh, to move forward. So, you know, because again, no one, absolutely no one is exempt. But I think we, we should start up saying that I, I think we need to go to uh, the nature of suffering. Yeah. You know, what, 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 what is that? Where, you know, how, what does it actually mean? You know, and, I, and I always, um, it's anything that would take you out of balance, anything that would draw you into a moment, a place where you're not able to function as you think you were designed to function. Mm. 
you know, and causes you pain. So it could be emotional. It could be emotional. It could be physical. It could also be um, um, illusional. It may not even be the, you know, the whole thing about psychosomatic illnesses. It might be something mm, like I that. See. It might be the loss of a job. It might be not being able to uh, hold on to a relationship, a lasting, meaningful relationship that causes us to have these moments of agony. It's, it might be separation. You know, when someone, in the case of Christ, for example, one of the reasons for his agony or the passion that he had to experience was because for to, in order to redeem us, there was going to be a breaking away of the relationship with God the Father. Mm. And that, that had never happened. Yeah. You know, I was going to say that never happened in time, but he didn't, he, the Father doesn't exist in time. He exists in eternity. So in, in a, that's, that's a new place. So it's anything that causes us um, a, a level of extreme sa- uh, uh, stress, uh, agonizing pain, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain um, that causes us to to not be able to function as we expect us to normally function. That's mm. a very broad definition for for suffering. And really, it, it, I can't help to run away from scripture and what I, my experience is. And it, it really comes back to the original act of disobedience between Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That's mm. where it comes from, you know, where God was very specific and what he was expecting and what he was expecting of Adam and Eve. And yet they went ahead and did what they thought was convenient for them because there too, it bounces right back to my introductory comment. And that is, we can't, we have to realize that we, we have to either enjoy the, uh, and celebrate the results of our decision or get ready to carry the consequences of our decision. Mm. And, uh, and if we look at life and living, so many things are really of our own doing, mm. you know, and, and I don't want to make our friends feel uncomfortable or maybe tune, tune us out at this point, but cause you know, we're going to come to a place of hope at the end of, of, of our, this and episode. we're also just getting started. So hear us out. We're yeah, gonna try yeah to hear cover us out and, and <laughs> they can comment on, on, uh, on the website if they, if they need to do that. But oftentimes we are responsible for some of the suffering that comes our way. Mm. You know, if someone, for example, decides to make a decision out of their own volition, I don't know, I'm going to pick something. I don't even have that, I have that in my notes, but I'll think it off the top of my head that they're going to smoke right. cigarettes, mm-hmm. right? We know all the evidence says that when you do that, all the evidence, all the logical academic evidence, medical evidence, scientific evidence pro- points to you're going to have some serious health problems. Yeah. So now God, he's amazing. He's just all powerful. He can do whatever he wants to do. He's sovereign, satisfied within himself, all of that. But he's not going to come down and smack the cigarette out of your hand. Yeah. Or or, or give you supernatural lungs to withstand the smoke. Correct. correct. <laughs> so you make decisions or even something as simple as eating the way we eat. That's right? true too. That's another one. You yeah. know, there's foods that just because it tastes good doesn't mean it's good for you. And you know that. And yet we still eat right. certain things that we know we shouldn't. And we have to, what you're saying is that the consequences just don't go away <laughs> No, for those things. The consequences still exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you, you we have to realize that we really have more control over our lives than we think, but our decisions have consequences. Right. And we have to realize that if you eat with, a, with abandon and eat anything and eat a a lot of sugary stuff and all of that. And it's going to eventually affect your kidneys and affect your body. And, and then there's going to be suffering related to those decisions. But suffering entered um, the history of mankind through, in my opinion, through what we see in scripture, where Adam and Eve, there was a sin there of disobedience and they decided to do what they wanted to do. Yeah. That speaks to the place of surrender. So are we willing to bear through the consequences of our decisions um, alone or by trusting God? Yeah. And God has to be in the, in the scene. So that's where it comes from. It's that what's called the original sin. It's uh, the consequences of what we do. Uh, that ushered in uh, suffering because obviously there was consequences to the decision of Adam and Eve. Yeah. Uh, and they had to go through that. The the, but it goes further because we need to. I want to tie this into some of the episodes we've had in the past and refer once again to Bishop Doctor um, Ray Rivera's the whole the whole thing about captivity theology. Mm-hmm. Not only did sin enter mankind, but also there was a captivity that happened to nature. Mm, okay, you know, and explain, the environment. Explain. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, God created, and not just us human beings, but he created all of nature. So there was almost, you can even say a curse because of disobedience that now 
enters into mankind, man suffers those consequences now, because we were made in like, likeness and image of God, of the disobedience simply because there was pride or however it wants to be analyzed. I'm not even going to go there because that's, that's room for some, some other discussion. But I'm of the conviction that that's when it entered. And now all of creation, in Scripture it says, and you might want to define it however you want to define it, that even the serpent suffered consequences that were not the serpent's decision. Mm. It was the decision of Eve. Now she would be dragging herself, the serpent would be dragging herself on her belly and eating dirt according to Scripture, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that may be metaphoric. I mean, and there's some people listening to me that, you know, they're saying, oh, well, you can't be so fundamentalist that you... And yeah, I, I got that. <laughs> so even if it's metaphoric, I'm giving that as an example. Right, right. That then there was a fall that happened also and the contamination, if you will, of a sinful nature and captivity into all of creation. We have it today. Yeah. We have it today where the, where the environment is a mess. Mm. And the only one that's made this mess, which is amazing, is man. Yeah, mankind. Yeah, we're the one through industrial revolution, through... Uh, you know, the development of all of these, these things that were supposed to be helpful to us. We polluted the air, polluted the water, and here we are suffering the, suffering conse- the consequences. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, there have been species of animals that have gone extinct because of human behavior and the choices that we've made as human beings. So uh, I totally follow your train of thought, but it sounds to me, I think this is an important thing to park on with the original sin point that you're trying to make. It wasn't just Adam and Eve sinning and they suffered consequences and introduced a uh, 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 a blemish almost into this perfect world is what you're trying to say. A contamination. That was the word right. you used. I thought that was a great fra- way to frame it. Um, that really can't be removed. Right. Well, man, at least not by our own. Correct. Well. There you go. Yeah. Man made the mess, but man couldn't fix the mess. So there was a need now for redemption of man in his fallen state, but also the redemption of, of, of everything around yeah. of nature. There's impurities all around us. There's nothing pure in this world, unfortunately. Right. That's right. what that's what ultimately was the result of what happened from that original sin. Correct. Everything is slanted, everything is tilted. And and again, the propensity for humanity to find someone to blame. So why not God? When mm-hmm. in reality it's so much of it is our own fault, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a, when a father or a mom does something legally wrong, they end up going in jail. The, the, the consequences of that is not just on that person being incarcerated, but the children as well. Yeah. For decades and decades and a lifetime, those children will be handling when, when, when calamity hits one person because of um, their, their decisions at the moment to think for themselves and do what they wanted to do. It impacts, there's a rippling effect that goes across the board. And it's totally. the same thing. If we look at Adam and Eve as the parents of humanity, if you will, mm-hmm. the first couple, you know, their decision, um, you know, cause sin to sweep across um, the history of mankind and all of creation. But yet we'll say, you know, well, you know, it's got to be God's fault. It's got to be some, someone's fault. Let's, let's just blame God. Yeah. And, it's, and, it's, it's like a level of innocence was lost, basically. Yeah, well, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's know, a very I'm, good way to put I'm thinking it. of even like uh, children who unfortunately go through traumas prematurely and are exposed to things. You can't you can't undo that loss of innocence. No, you know you can. They can manage it. They can uh, manage that trauma, become a better person, of course. But let's be honest. I mean, at the end of the day, once someone, once a child has been exposed to something, right. that's it. That's yeah. it. You know, it's uh, that, that that sense of innocence is lost. Yeah, and, and I would probably I would replace I me. Mean, I would replace the question. You know. Um, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? To a question that can cover that, mm. some of it, and is um, what part of your life of suffering is your own fault, mm. your own doing? You know, we have to explore that. You know, if there's been um, a living a life that lacked uh, um, integrity, right? And you got involved in stuff that was not not not, not just socially unacceptable, but illegal and and even culturally unacceptable, that, that isn't God's fault. You know, yeah. if, if you decide you're going to go race a car, you, you're not even a race car driver, and you want to drive down a street in the city at, at, at a dumb you know, speed limit, someone's going to get hurt. Yeah, That's a decision it's, you made. God's not going to pull the foot off of the accelerator. What you're saying sounds like every other faith, and I'm even going to include science as one of the things of faith, which is this idea of every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? That's scientific karma. It's the same thing. And then from a biblical Christian point of view, you reap what you sow. Yeah. Right. So it's very, these things shouldn't be, what goes up must come down. Like these are very basic things of what you're saying as far as, um, 
you know, some of the suffering at the end of the day is simply a response to our own behavior, our own decisions. Right. I mean, you're living in an economic stage that you're in, but you, you know, you can, you can raise the bar for employment. You can raise the bar, I mean, to, to better yourself or pull yourself up by the bootstraps. I mean, unless there's some emotional, intellectual problem in the person, Mm -hmm. but generally, and I know I'm broad brushing again, you know, so much of what happens to us is really our own consequence, you know, our, our own decisions that are made which violate the values that God intrinsically placed in us mm. as being made in his likeness and in, in his image. You, Even the, the principle in scripture about, you know, you treat others as you would want to treat yourself. Back to your point, you know, what goes up comes down. Yeah, you, you want to be treated nicely, but, you know, you, you, you're you not nice. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be treated nicely, but you're not you're nice. You're not a nice person. But, you, you know, know can, no. can I challenge this sure, just a little I've, bit? Absolutely. Only because I do want to emphasize what I'm sure is on a lot of people's minds, which is that what about the good people, the ones that didn't clearly do anything to warrant a negative, you know, consequence. So I'm thinking something, uh, I mean, when we spoke on the phone uh, a day or two ago about this topic, I had thrown out that idea of like, you know, what about these young children that are born with cancer? Yeah. How do you know, they didn't, they would, they just, they were born this way, you know, like they didn't get a chance to make a bad decision yet. So, I mean, that's a very extreme example. Um, but I just feel like that's a, that's something to maybe discuss a little bit just to help kind of understand, you know, get a better, well-rounded view of this topic. Well, not only that, but the parents didn't do anything wrong. Right, exactly. You know, they were great parents. They were providing. So it's how, a loving, nurturing mm-hmm. uh, home environment. Right. They made sure the child ate right and all that. And then the child ends up being born or ends up being a special needs child. Yeah, it happens. You know, and we have to go back to... It's unfortunate, but it happens. Right. So we have to go back to how how is that fair? Mm -hmm. You know, a book that transformed my life in this this area was written actually by a rabbi. And I read it years ago. I still have it in my library. It's called actually the title of this podcast, you know, When Bad Things Happen to Good People, Mm, uh, Rabbi Harold Kushner. And he was a, a rat, and I'll just tell very quickly his story. He was a rabbi doing what rabbis do, taking care of the congregation and following the traditions of his faith. And then his teenage son ended up having this uh, d- this disease that resulted as a teenager, the, the young boy died because of, as a result of the disease. And, and Rabbi Kushner went on this exploration that was fueled by grief. Mm. To find out why do bad things happen to good people. It's a good book. And there's been many, 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 many books that have been written in this area. But that one really, really sparked me for many reasons. First, I like reading stuff outside of my tradition. So he's Jewish. I'm not Jewish. Mm. You know, there's a different faith. And then it's all about a human experience, not the spiritual experience that, that helped me. Um, and he posed that question and, and, and even there, you know, we have to realize that things are going to happen to us. Mm. Let's not quickly because you have to define what good people is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that's how you that's how you're neutralizing the bad. Yeah. What's the benchmark for being good? And what's the benchmark for bad? And what's the be- yeah. Right. And then you balance that in. And actually the word I just met uses the word that we have to consider is that that balance, you know. It mm. isn't that God is out to get you. It isn't that you failed somewhere, some way in your um in your uh in the way you brought up your family. It isn't that there that there's something in your past that you did years ago and now you're suffering your child is suffering the consequences of that that you did back then. What kind of God is that? Yeah, that would be my question. That's not a fair. It's a natural, God. yeah. It's a natural thought to have, yeah, for sure. But but and to your point, because I don't want anyone thinking I'm pointing a finger. It's a natural thought to have, but sometimes we have to counter the way our natural thinking might be mm. and try to think more on a on a faith side. Now, let, let me just stop there for a moment because on the faith spiritual side, that doesn't bring the child back. Mm. There's still the loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what it does is there's an internal transformation that happens in your heart. With regard to God, but more importantly, believe it or not, more importantly, is there anything more important than God? No, but more importantly in this scenario, that happens to you because mm. now you're no longer seeking an answer. That's why I said earlier, you embrace the moment of of of, uh, of sorrow and pain. Not You don't welcome it because you wanted it. No, you embrace it because that's, that's, that's what you have. Mm. In doing that, then somehow, and you mentioned the word mystery in the beginning of the podcast, somehow mysteriously God begins to help you navigate. You're going to still have those cathartic moments of breakdown, 
of crying and of missing the individual and all of that. That's going to happen. In fact, that I don't believe that ever goes away. People always say, well, time will heal. You know, I don't agree with that. And people mm-hmm. say there's closure. Now, closure is also a, a euphemism for let me tell you something so you can feel better so I can get out of this conversation. <laughs> you know, Just to get over it. It's not helpful. It really isn't helpful mm-hmm. because unless you go through a situation, there, there really is no closure, especially when you're a good person. And the person you lost is also a good person as well in mm, your life. Yeah. Who wants to let go of that? How do you reconcile that? Yeah. The only way is through the redemptive power of faith. Mm. You know, it really is. I mean, we're not exempt from things happening to us. Things will happen to good people. And the other, I think another item that just came to my mind. Um, so I have to capture it right away before it leaves my mind. <laughs> is this whole idea um, that that um, you know, not only do we uh, embrace uh, the moment, not only do bad things happen to good people, but this consider this for a moment: there are things in life that we'll never be able to resolve, nor yeah. find the answer to. Yet, we will add anguish over anguish in our lives, trying to find the answer to why did this happen. Mm. When I am of the conviction, that's one of the glorious things about heaven, and I do believe in heaven, is that. There's going to be a moment, there's going to be a space, I should say it that way, because in heaven there's no moments, there's no time. Time is absorbed in eternity. But there's going to be this, this, this space where everything will make sense, mm. where all the ducks will line up, all the dots will be dotted, will be connected. But while we're here on earth, we're going on this quest, almost like the, the hamster running in that little wheel. So I think we need to get to a place where we there's some questions that are just not going to be answered, and we carry this burden seeking an answer. And I'm I'm please please audience don't think I'm being insensitive. I am not, but but it's true in some way or fashion we're running this little circle over and over and over, trying to find an answer that really we will not likely find while we're alive here on earth. Yeah, because that's what happens. Sin entered mankind. Bad things do happen to good people. Good people do have to go through suffering and grief and agony and sorrow, you know. Um, but we embrace that moment, not again, not because we welcome it, because but we know that that's part of the package of being alive. And that's I'm not trying to escape. Please don't think I'm being frivolous here. I'm not. I am not because I'm thinking even of my own moments of suffering. You just have to realize it. It happened. It is. Yeah. And then trust that you'll be able to navigate your way somehow, some way to the next day, to the next day to make it to the next day. Dr. Mark, that's a hard pill to swallow, but I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, and, and I just want to confirm that I am understanding you correctly. It sounds like we need to just accept the fact, and it's and it sounds so insensitive to say, but the reality is suffering is inevitable. Suffering is part of life. Um, and sometimes it's the result of our own free will, right? We make decisions and there, of course, there's going to be a consequence, whether it's good or bad to everything we do or say. Um, but also there are times where just bad things just happen because that's the condition of this world. There is nothing. It almost seems like a reality check, what you're saying. It's tough. It's hard to to accept it. But it's, it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that is that kind of what you're implying here that we we need to just... Be content with this idea when, I don't know, maybe not content, but we have to accept this concept in general that suffering is part of life no matter what we do. Right. I'm, that's exactly my point. Okay. I okay. mean, but again, I, I, I feel so badly because it seems like I'm being insensitive. Mm. I'm not. I'm not. I think I'm being real about this topic. You know, um, the, the child is sick. You're doing everything that you can. You've provided the best health care possible and right. all of that. You've prayed. You've fasted. And you've done all the things that you could possibly do, but we cannot escape. The only time we'll escape life is when we leave life and mm-hmm. we go on to eternity. Yeah. And while we're here, there's going to be these moments of suffering. Believe it or not, last week I was, I, I do daily Bible readings to myself and, and, and part of my preparation for ministering to the church as well. But this one was really, it hit home. When the, and if, if you give me a few minutes so I can just of course. unpack this in the way that I see it. Yeah. You know, Paul writing to the church in Corinth and the church in Corinth, I always equated so much to a large metropolitan area like New York or Los Angeles, Chicago, you know, it's a big metropolis. And at that time it was a center of, of commerce and architecture. It was a, 
a really urban metroplex, if you mm. will, you know, the crossroads for trade. Gotham and, City. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Gotham yeah. City from yeah. Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly, from Batman. <laughs> and so Paul had gone to that city. Paul had, you know, uh, brought the gospel to that place. People were saved. And now, but it's in a crazy town. Mm. And then the craziness of the town slowly infiltrated itself into the church environment as well. And so Paul is writing to the believers there, the followers, and trying to correct them and encourage them and in, in certain ways also, you know, discipline them into getting back into action. And Second Corinthians in particular talks about this thing called affliction and that God, it says in Second Corinthians chapter 1, that, and I'm going to read it to you and then, we'll, then uh, I'll just try to explain it to the best of my ability. He says, the father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our trouble. Mm. Now, we have to come to a crossroads whether we accept that or reject it. Mm. And if we're angry and if we're upset and we're emotional and if we just experience a loss, that scripture brings no, no, no help whatsoever. It actually pours salt on a wound of loss. Mm. But after you've gone through the initial phases, Elizabeth Kluber-Ross writes about this, right, the, the, the phases of death and all of that. If you go through all different stages, you get to a place where you start to reflect a bit more deeply into what has just happened, this wound that you're suffering with, this affliction that you have that you didn't bring it on to yourself because you're a good person, right? And you realize when you read this again now at that point is that God comfort, and comfort really means that God um, shows, um, uh, 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 implants hope, implants strength, mm. Uh, it gives a person renewed strength to be able to make it. It's actually miraculous. Yeah. It, it really is miraculous. And uh, he lifts up all of the pain that the individual and anguish that the individual is, or addresses it. I shouldn't say lift it, address it, because in life we're going to be dealing with stresses that will not be resolved, as I said before. But the scripture says clearly that he is the father, the God of all suffering. Mm. So if I take that then into whatever it is, a medical diagnosis, a, a marriage falling apart, rebelliousness with children, you know, not being able to land a job, all these things, or dealing with our own uh, personal history of the past that keeps uh, tripping us up. God is the God of all comfort, and we seek it in other ways. And I'm a bit, I'm, I'm, I'm the pastor that tells you, tells you, go get counseling and therapy, because I, I believe in that. I do believe in that. Um, but that's not the catch-all. Mm. You have to have that in conjunction with your faith, a growing faith in God, mm. you know? And I'm not saying to anyone here that this is the magic potion that now from this point on, you will never have to live with anguish again. No, no, no. You're talking about how to persevere through suffering. Yeah. And that's why I used the statement earlier, which was controversial when I said it, but I suspect now as you're listening to me explain it further, the people that are tuning in right now. It's the embracing of this moment, of this space. I don't like it, but I'm embracing it, you know, rather than struggle and fight against it because it's always going to be here. But I also then now have faith in a God that's the father of all comfort. Yeah. And, it's, and, it, and who is bigger and more powerful than my current suffering. So it's, it's trusting in that, having faith in that, believing this will pass. <laughs> Yeah. This will pass. And also, yeah. you know, when you read the verse, the, the other thing that came to my mind too is that we're not alone. I think that's another thing that yes. sometimes makes suffering even worse. Yes. Is you feel like I'm going through this. No one understands. No one can help me. I mean, that's a horrible feeling yeah. on top of the suffering. Absolutely. But there it's like we have, we can find comfort in God. Like that's, I want that. <laughs> yeah. Because what happens is when we feel we're all alone, alone, Alone is scary because that means we're with ourselves and we're oh, yeah. scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're frightening to ourselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when you in faith, and, and again, I, I don't want to oversimplify this. I'm being as sensitive as I can to our listeners that are have gone through suffering, are carrying still grief and loss. Yeah. Um, uh, to, to, to think about this for a moment, he stands with you there and cries alongside with you. Yeah. You know, the final solution will come when we're caught up in it. The final healing happens when we're on the other side. Mm. It won't happen here. The, the final healing in yeah. our lives and the complete total healing. But I don't want to hear that because I want my <laughs> son back. I want my daughter back. I yeah. want my, my daddy back, my mm. mommy back. I want now, 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 now. But that's us, our human side, you know, asking the question, you know, well, how can God allow this? Yeah. Right? Which God's okay with that question. But when we think about it, 
he's he's still by in fact he even says it here he says in the, in the text if i continue reading it says who comforts us in all our troubles and why why does god comfort us in all our troubles according to paul teaching other church in corinthians if you look at verse 4 chapter 1 second corinthians so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from god there's something intrinsically divine when we walk alongside people that are going through difficult times, although we are going through difficult times. There's Mm. something that happens to us deep down inside. Mm. When you serve someone, when you um, become a Barnabas and encourage it to someone, when you walk on, although you are, you yourself are going through incredible suffering because it it, it really takes you to a place where um, in the service of others, there is a level of, healing yeah. uh, or, or acclimation or balance in our lives. You know, it doesn't make our, our anguish leave. And I want to repeat again, those that are listening to us, there are going to be moments when all of a sudden the pain comes right back yeah. and it overwhelms you. And for a few hours or a few days, you're feeling worse than worse. Yep. But life will not always be that way. The life is an ebb and flow, right? Mm-hmm. And there's going to be moments of, euphoria and then there's going to be moments of pain and suffering for things that we cannot change and that's why i use the word embrace maybe i'll find another word about embracing uh but i think when i explain it now to this uh, at this point it becomes clearer to our friends that it isn't that i welcome it i want it i want it. look i want you to have what i have no 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 i don't want i don't want i don't want suffering to be an inheritance i leave my children and my grandchildren i'll take it all my on my own uh, whatever suffering, but it isn't, that isn't even the way out either. We have to be able to have trust in he who walks with us, which is God, because yeah. he's the God of all suffering. And he it tells us, and we, he comforts us so that we ourselves can then comfort others. Then he says this, this thing, which is powerful verse six, because it talks here about the balancing. Look at this. And he's referring directly, Paul directly uh, referring to Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Remember, he's addressing believers. He says, for if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patience, endurance of the same sufferings we suffered. And our hope for you is firm. Now, here we go. Because we know that just as you share in our suffering, you also share in comfort. And there, Matt, it's, it's showing us this balance that we have to have. Yeah, it's not just suffering. There you go. You hit life, it. Life, life also includes comfort yeah. <laughs> as well. And it's and God is, that, is, is there to remind us that, yes, we're going through this. I'm going to be with you side by side with you through this suffering. Right. But believe that I'm also going to bring comfort as well. Right. And it's not going to be a magical moment when right. the grief leaves you. It's right. like it's if you still, have both yeah. your arms extended to your right and to your left, right? Mm-hmm. So on your left, you have suffering. And on the right, you have comfort. Yeah. Oftentimes, we only focus on what's on my left hand. And that's mm. grief and sorrow and agony. We hear the voice of the loved one and all that. My, my Metaphorically, my, my suggestion to our listeners, turn your head to your other hand. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. Just for a moment. That's a good uh, illustration. Yeah. yeah and, and, and But that requires hope because it's, that's, that's comfort. The comfort comes. But I'm hopeful that tomorrow I won't have to be as down and out as I am now. Right. You know, tomorrow I'm not going to, next week I won't be. You'll have those, because that's the other thing people tell you, oh, don't worry, you'll get over, you'll heal. No, 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 no. They don't understand grief. You know, 20 years will pass, 30 years, and you'll still miss the voice. Yeah. You'll yeah. still miss the, va- the, 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 the the laughter. You'll still miss. And then now in the age of technology, where we have recordings of the voices of our loved ones, yeah. that adds anguish to us. Mm. But embrace it. That's part of the cycle of life. But God is going to be with us, bringing comfort on the one hand. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, addressing the afflictions on the one hand, but also giving us this hope and comfort that comes on the other. That's what, And that's the whole balancing thing in our lives yeah. that I talk about so, so often, equilibrium, you know. Can I, I, I didn't bring this up in our, uh, in our preparation for this topic, but I just feel compelled to ask you um, more on a personal level. Can you share something like this that you've experienced where it's like, man, why is this happening in the first place? I'm a good person or this person that I care about is definitely a good person. Why did this happen to him or her? Why am I dealing with this? 
you know, can you share a, a testimony, a story that you have gone through and maybe you're still going through it, you know, cause you, you also, I want our audience to remember the point that, you're, that you continually make, which is that sometimes you don't even get past the suffering. It's more about how to cope with it and remember there's still comfort in spite of the suffering. So can you share some there, personal there's so many, story? There's so many stories. I, I, I think what we need to do, and I'm going to address it, but, but let's not get paralyzed in this pool of grief. Right. You know, where you stop living. You know, I think God wants you to live. That's why you embrace the moment you're in and move forward to the best of your ability, understanding that there are going to be stops along the way. It's like you're climbing this mountain. Mm-hmm. And if you're like me, right, <laughs> I'm not as young as I used to be. So we climb the mountain. But along the way, I have to stop for a moment and sit on a rock for a moment and catch my breath. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it, the body cannot, when I was 20, it's different. You climb the whole mountain. But in life is the same way. And we, we're walking and then all of a sudden, grief, sorrow, suffering, memories uh, overwhelm us and it comes like a wave and it almost, you just feel like, why move forward? Stop. Live in that moment. Embrace that moment. But don't stay stuck in that moment paralyzed. And in my journey, well, first of all, in direct answer to your question, I've been a pastor for a long time. And because of that, there's a lot of suffering stories I can I can tell, and then there's a lot of suffering stories I cannot tell because it was you know of course, congregational. Of course. Yes, yes, nothing confidential for sure. Yeah, and as a, as a shepherd, you know, I I do hurt with the flock sometimes when they, you know, ha- they go. I have to go through this moment when there's nothing I could do. There's no verse I can throw at them. There's no prayer I can make. I just have to be there with them and walk through. But I think in my journey, there's been many, many, um, I, uh, um, when, uh, when uh, my wife and I got married, um, we lost our first child, mm. right? And at that point, we are serving, yeah. serving. Yeah. And we did go through that. We went through this thing of, you know, why, why did this actually happen to us, mm. you know? And um, the, the baby was never born, you know, the baby was, you know, it had to be, we lost the baby. Yeah. And I remember that we went through this time of suffering and pain and, you know, why and, the, and edging on depression. And it was someone on a TV, Christian TV program on a Saturday that, that your mom and I were watching. It was just us. And the, it was PTL, actually, the, the Praise the Lord Network, way mm. back when, way back when. This is back in the late 70s. And the person only said one word. And they said, they said, well, you know, we know that children that were not born are going to be there in heaven, already in heaven. That's all they said. Now, I had heard that before, but I guess the moment was right for me to hear that. And that brought a sense to us, and certainly to me, of embracing the loss. Now, we still know about the loss. That didn't stop the loss. Mm. <laughs> it didn't. And there was no replacement child, because I don't believe in that either. Right. You know, uh, But it'll allow us to at least settle and be balanced in a way of hope. So now we created hope inside, and that hope brought comfort yeah. that one day, Right, that's one. Another one that I think of and I mention often is my relationship with my mother, for example. My mother, you know, I'm very, very close to her. And I I, I only half jokingly say, and I, I, I suspect maybe some of my siblings are listening to this as well. <laughs> but um, I, I know of, I come from a very large family. There's 12 of us. I'm the 11th of 12, but I know I was my mom's favorite. So, yeah, <laughs> I said it. My sister's it's listening. On the it's on the record. Um, and the way she passed, she passed in a very tragic way. You know, mm-hmm. she, there was a hurricane and then she fell down a flight of steps and she was killed. As a, She died a few days later in agonizing pain. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so unfair. Yeah. I really honestly, and I was pastoring though, by, by the way. During yeah. That. Yeah. And so for me, that plunged me into a real deep, deep, deep moment. And I went, I did the funeral and then I came back and I continued ministering, which mm-hmm. is another thing, which is interesting. I kept on preaching, teaching, pastoral counseling, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry, uh, pastoral care. Um, and uh, yet I had this loss in my heart. And it wasn't until, back to scripture, back to faith. It didn't fix the problem. This does not, re- this does not resurrect my mom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or someone to replace my mom because we got to get out of that already. You know, there's right. only one mom. And it was this verse that Paul wrote to the church again um, when he, te- he says, you know, now we look, and it was to the church in Corinth, now chapter 13. The chapter of love. He says, now we see through an opaque glass, but one day we will see clearly. Because my whole debate with God, why would you do that to her? Mm. Why? It's one thing 
dying or passing on. I understand that, but she died a painful death. Mm -hmm. She was a good person. Yeah. And I'm a good person. You know? Right, 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 right. Yeah, so yeah. You, this is not fair. This is not fair. You know, this is just not fair. Mm -hmm, so I was mm -hmm. there. I was stuck in that thing. And so the, the scripture helped me to say, you know what? I really got to trust God. And so, yeah, I still miss her. It's been over 20 years that she's been gone. I wish there was things that I could go and show her and all that stuff. But one day I'll see her yeah. as I remain faithful. So back to, I'm actually telling the audience what I've practiced. Yeah. And that is I embrace the suffering. Yes, I still have some things in my office that my mom made because she was artistic. And I keep those because they remind me of her. Yeah. And some people say, oh, get rid of them. No, no, no. You, you do what you do to handle your stuff. It's the, I don't worship that. I don't, you know, but those remind me of her and they were yeah. good memories. But I'm anticipating this moment of incredible celebration when one day when I'm in heaven, I'll be able to hopefully find her somewhere and <laughs> see where she's at and, and connect. So, but grief is part of it. And then, yeah. you know, there's other, there's other, other stories. We have some that I cannot mention, you know, on, on the health issue as well. You know, God is just amazing how when you pastor, you almost have to, you know, you, you almost want to tell people, I know you have a problem. You don't, you think it in your mind. I know you have a problem, but I, let me tell you a few things of what I'm going through right now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was a human moment. No, but you know, at the end of the day, you are human. Like you said, you're a pastor, you're yeah. serving, you know, your congregation, right. your people, um, but at the end of the day, you're just as human as they are, and you go through the same sufferings that they go through as well. Right. Some of them they know about. Some of them, like you said, they're oblivious to, but you're but you're moving forward. And it sounds like you try your best to exercise everything you just talked about in this episode, which yeah. is the, the balance between, yes, there's suffering on one hand, but there's also comfort on the other hand. You know, the stories you—and you, thank you, by the way, for sharing the personal stories, you know, the loss of— your first child, the loss of your mother, those, those things are exist. Like they didn't get undone. Like you said, right, right. they happened. Um, but there's comfort to help balance that out and help you move forward and still keep living your life. Yeah. I, I do this thinking, heavy thinking on, on life all the time. There are things in life that define you mm. either plus or negative. And then there are markers in life. And there's a big distinction. A marker in life means that in the continuum of your life, there are events that took place that marked you, mm. you know, that left a, 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 a scar, for example. And then there are moments that define you. And, and, and you actually determine which one that becomes. And so the defining moments are the ones that will make you, it was a grief, a moment of grief, and you let grief define you and you become a person of grief. And then what happens, how you manifest or actualize that grief, it becomes that you become sarcastic and you become nasty with mm. people and all that. No, that isn't me. You know, I, I don't want to be that because that's not the way I was wired and created. But certainly, like, for example, my mom's death, losing a child, those are markers in my history. Mm. But I'm not defined by those moments. I've also gotten to a place like this question. I don't ask it of God anymore. I'm at a place now where I trust him so much that I know one day, just as I read in Corinthians, that I'm going to understand clearly, you know, the, all these episodes, episodes in my life. Now, again, I, I know we've been hitting this point a lot. I don't want to be insensitive to the, the audience right now listening to us. There are things that even when I look at it and then when I, if I ever hear your story, totally unfair. That should not happen to you. But there's nothing in worrying about that or trying to undo that that's going to take away the pain. Yeah. So you either live in this perpetual grief or somehow, some way, you redirect, like looking at the right hand, left hand, the left yeah. hand of affliction, the right hand is the, is the hand of comfort. You know, you, 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 you end up embracing and you end up living what you focus your eyes on. So I'm not going to live a negative life. I'm not going to live a life that's, you know, overwhelmed by grief. Grief will come. Sorrow will come. Pain will come. Of course, of course, you know, and with, with my family, you know, when they go through, through, through things, I, I feel horrible. I wish I could do more. Of course. Right. And for the moment you're there, the, the ministry of presence, you walk with them through the, through the, the shadow, shadow of the, the valley of the shadow of death. But then I also practice and I teach, we can't stay there. Right. You can't stay there because then what happens is your potential is stifled. Mm. You know, I know people right now, I'm thinking of people specifically, but I can't mention names because I didn't ask permission, but you know, suffered devastating loss, devastating loss. It, it should have put them in the, in the crazy house, devastating loss, unmerited, unmerited grief, good people. Yeah. Right. 
And what they did is they, they yes, they go through their moments of grief, but then they're out serving. They're, they're serving people. They're following this path of developing themselves further. They'll have three or four days of, or three days of sorrow during the week, but they'll have four days where they're being productive. Yeah. So the grief is always going to be there. How you carry it is the, is the, does it, is it a marker or it, is it defining you? Yeah. And then you have to turn your head toward hope and you have to turn your head toward Christ and toward the redemptive nature. That's good. That's really good. There is a difference between markers in your life and, and events that define you. And the distinction between the two is up to you and how you respond to it and, and the decisions you make. Um, with that, yeah, this is this is a tough topic, you know. Yeah, it it's is, a, it's it a really is. tough topic, yes. but I do, uh, you know, before we start uh, officially concluding, what what are some things, some words of advice on how people can, um, you know, obviously from a biblical point of view, you know, you're, you're, with your background and everything, uh, what's some advice, some guidance you can give people who are suffering? How can they be reminded of the of this this other side, the comfort? Well, again, to be reminded here, right? And then not just to listen to what I'm saying. And I'm not saying me. I'm not the authority on any of this stuff. I'm just speaking my life experience. I don't want to sit on this perch right now that I don't belong to sit. But I've got scars to prove Mm. my journey. And I've got experiences that I picked up along the way that I don't want our audience to go through. Mm. You know, and we cannot escape the fact that there are situations in life the only way you can make it through is 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 your developed faith. Not the faith you hear on Sunday, but your own personal developed faith. And, and you that are listening to me right now, you have to develop. There is a redemptive side, a redemptive side to this uh, this relationship with God mm-hmm. and Christ in your life. And I, and I love what, um, and I've said this to the previous podcast, I think, and I keep resonating on, on on Tim Keller's comment that it's not the, uh, the gospel. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. It's not about the, the gospel outside of you. It's the gospel inside of you. It's the gospel that you live. Mm. And it, it's unique to yourself, right? Yeah. And even uh, Tim Keller's statement that, you know, uh, all I want to do is I want to see Jesus, mm. right? That's what he wants. He knew he was at, at the end. And I think we need to really develop that kind of mature relationship with God again through spiritual disciplines, because a relationship, a relationship should not be based on the events that are happening right now, but it just should be based on love. Yeah. And we know it. Henry Nauman talks about this often that we're we're the beloved of the Lord. You know. So, I believe that regardless of what I say or do, God really loves me. And it, and it, and the same thing with our friends. There's nothing that you can do that can cause God not to love you. Mm. And you need to embrace that. And, and, and when you embrace that, there is a freeing moment, an unshackling of burdens that we've placed upon ourselves. And I choose not to be bitter. I choose not to live in grief and agony, but I choose to be a, a person that looks at the positive perspective of the future. That's hope, that I look at redrawing and reframing my tomorrow. And, and that's helped me along the line. So I'm there. I'm, I'm not pointing at God. Why did you let this happen? I'm, I, ask, I actually ask God, Give me, let, let me learn the lesson that you're teaching me as I'm going through this. Mm. And then give me the strength to be able to get through to the other side. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. So it's the, it's, it's your spiritual faith. I mean, your, your spiritual um, strength. That's what I meant to say. Your spiritual strength is what helps you endure through those seasons of suffering in your life. And it sounds to me that, uh, you know, if, if you're not exercising your spirituality, right. And you're not, like we we did an episode a while ago about spiritual disciplines. If we're not doing those things to keep ourselves spiritually strong, it it makes it difficult to take the perspective that you've been suggesting. But I also I don't want to oversimplify. So there are moments that grief can be and suffering can be so paralyzing that we don't even want to do spiritual disciplines. Mm. We don't want to. Pray. We don't know true. how to pray. That's that's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the the fact. Again, because we're the beloved of the Lord, He totally understands. Mm. You know, people don't understand, but God definitely understands. And that's the moments when somehow in a mysterious way that we don't understand, he embraces us. You know, when a child all of a sudden is having a tantrum, all you need to do sometimes is just hold them. That's all. And we have our tantrums. Yeah. And the, the Lord, through the work of the Holy Spirit, somehow, some way, he doesn't discount us. He doesn't throw us away. He doesn't discard us. Yeah. He understands those cathartic moments where we have a breakdown, when we hate everybody. Hate everybody. You know, I'm thinking of the the story with uh, Jesus on the boat with his disciples in the storm. Right. And how they were going crazy and Jesus was sleeping like a baby. 
And it was, his response was almost like, why are you guys freaking out? I'm here. Yeah, exactly. So I almost like to me that almost feels like a metaphor for our suffering when we're going through stuff. It's not that of course the suffering is still real. And like you're saying, we get that empathy from God. God understands fully. Of course. But at the same time, the key part is to remember we're not alone. He's here. He's with us. Correct. And the the storm will pass. That's a great, great, great biblical passage. That's perfect. That's I, I don't I don't I can't even say anything more. I mean, <laughs> Should we end the episode here? <laughs> no, no, but no, that's, that's actually a good one. He didn't kick yeah, them that off was the, the image boat. That came he to didn't mind. slap them around. You know what's wrong with you? You guys yeah. are you guys are navigators, and you're freaking out on this particular storm, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you guys are the fishermen, not me. Why <laughs> exactly. are you? Why are you? I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, that's I'm really here. really me. good. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. I'm here, and and it's true. Some somebody out there needed to hear that. Okay, God good. is there, good. right there, listening to us right now. God is there. Yes, He's there, and He's and He's still loving us. He's, that's yes, the whole thing, which I don't understand. He's still God. He's still sovereign. You know, he's, he's bigger than the suffering. Yeah. It, it, his love is ridiculous. It's absurd. You know, really, when, when we're having a tantrum, he just waits till we finish. <laughs> and then, but, you know, I, I also want to give license. He's okay with your tantrum. Mm. No one knows the depth of your loss like yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, you know, sometimes that's a good moment not to listen to people just listen to your own emotions and then lean on the shoulder of the lord to help you to help you get through i think you know as we're, as we're looking at closing out the, the the session a couple of reminders that i want to to in recapping one, one is remember no one is exempt no one is exempt doesn't matter your economic status level of education it does not matter your position your title no one is exempt. Even Jesus himself showed that to us. He was a man of suffering. Yes, he had the power of the resurrection, back to balancing, but he was also a man of suffering. Yeah. And so, and he was suffering in every way. He, was, he suffered in every way, tested in every way. So we, he can relate to our situation and understand that everyone, I just read an article that the, the, the Pope of the Catholic Church is not going through surgery. This is yeah. the highest ranking spiritual guide considered in Catholicism to be the voice of God himself here on earth. That's mm-hmm. how high the Pope is. And yet he's going to go through surgery for some gastro, gastrointestinal stuff that he has to work on. Why? Why? Suffering. Suffering. No one's exempt. Yeah. So no one is exempt. Be aware of that. It's going to happen. I'm not wishing this on anyone. I'm, what I'm wishing is and praying is that you get the strength to navigate through that. So the second thing is that there is a redemptive plan through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry if those that are not Christian, but that's that's the way it is. What has gotten me through the difficult moments is my relationship with the Lord. You know, it, that's that's how I get through. It isn't the the normal cycles of the work responsibilities that I have. Is my relationship with the Lord. I have my cathartic moments with Him, and understand that He's redemptive. That He can relate to my stuff, yeah. and He won't reject me for acting crazy when I'm talking to him. So the first one is no one is exempt. The second observation I have is about the redemptive plan. And that's Jesus Christ in your life. Faith through him that, you know, he's waiting for you right there, waiting for you to calm down. And then he's going to help you to get the strength to get through. Cause you have to get through. Yeah. Sometimes we think we have to piggyback on Jesus, <laughs> mm. you know? No, 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 no. He's going to walk with you by your side. You have to get through. You have to push through. Mm. You know, I got to get the prayer chain. No, forget the prayer chain. Your relationship <laughs> with Jesus, you're with God through Jesus Christ, and he's going to walk with you as you get through. Yeah. That's what, because again, we want to- Still got to go through it. Yeah. You have to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. You, you, that's that's the way it is. The, the way it is. And then uh, seek not that the affliction ends. I think- we all want the affliction to be over, but don't that don't let that be the out of the gate prayer that you make, mm-hmm. make this thing end. But rather that you have strength to focus on the hope of tomorrow. That came out in the scripture. I didn't get to it, but that's fine. Friends, read it on your own. Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, that we have to paint the picture of tomorrow. This this rather than Lord, let this end now. Lord, I know you're going to give me strength to get through these next twenty four hours, and tomorrow is going to be a bright and sunny day. Yeah. I'd rather do that. And some people will say, oh, that's like a crutch. Look, you analyze it the way you want to. I'm just telling you that it works for me. So, you know, like that's the other thing. There's always someone that's going to say something. Um, but uh, this is your podcast, Dr. Mark. So we're, we're, we're getting your perspective. We're getting your perspective. But, but even in my comments now, you know, I, I sense that some of the words that we've been able to share in these, this segment has pierced the hearts of people. 
I think your example that you gave about, you know, the boat sinking and Jesus said, but I'm here, um, has gotten to people. And, and you, my friends, have a choice, a decision to make right now. Are you going to consider continue living in this grief and sorrow that con- totally consumes you? And you have every right to be there because the loss is huge. We cannot even, it's incalculable. It's huge. Are you going to choose to stay there or are you going to choose to just embrace this moment as a moment, a space right now, and then just focus your attention on the redemptive power of the gospel of Jesus Christ over your life, of the Lord in your life? I think that's going to allow you to walk through the misery that you're in right now toward the light that you see at the end of the day. And that light is the Lord waiting to embrace you and help you to get through because bad things will happen to good people. They will happen. They will happen. That doesn't mean God hates you. That doesn't mean God is punishing you at all, at all, at all. That's just the way life is. But I have hope for tomorrow. And the hope for tomorrow is a brighter day. It's a day of, uh, filled with high expectations and potential, filled with landing places where I can just land and be refreshed in the Lord. And I hope you, you, you get that from us, our friends, and as you listen to this podcast today. That is the perfect place, I think, to conclude this episode. I don't think there's anything else I can do to wrap this up even better than that. Thank you, Dr. Mark Rivera, so much for tackling this topic. To our listeners, thank you for for being patient with us on this tough, tough topic. We hope this gave you some guidance on how to find some comfort through your suffering. Follow us on uh, drmarkrivera.com. That's Dr. Mark with a C. Uh, leave us a comment. Drop us some some suggestions in, in the, the contact us page. And uh, stay with us. Stay with us on Seek and Find with Dr. Mark Rivera. Thank you. Thank you.